Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. There's a singular thread throughout all of scripture, and that is God's faithfulness to humanity. In every circumstance we find ourselves in, God appears at our side. We see that play out in scripture as God walks through gardens, stands on the edges of deserts, sweeps through households, leads in pillars of fire and smoke, and whispers quietly in caves. We see God come alongside people who have been oppressed and enslaved. We see God stay the hand of sacrifice to offer a better way. We see God speak words of comfort to those who are terrified. We see God lead people to freedom, and we see God offer counsel to folks who find themselves in less than ideal situations. God is always present. God is always working for the good of the people. God is always finding ways to redeem our circumstances in a way that brings new perspective, new life, and renewed faithfulness. The history of humanity is really complicated. It seems inevitable that with every life-giving innovation, we find new ways to use that innovation to kill one another or profit off of one another or steal from one another. So, of course, rather than living well with one another, human history is written through the lens of conquests and wars and subjugation. Even our own Bible fills two books describing conquest and subjugation of the people living in the Promised Land. But of course, speaking into that narrative, God routinely calls the chosen people of faith to be better than their cultural counterparts. They're told not to pillage, not to kill all inhabitants, not to steal every resource, and not to destroy every home. The people still do in some cases, and God holds them accountable to that. Anyway, this seems to be a norm in human history, especially 2,500 years ago. Every empire led by their divinely ordained emperor took power into their own hands to conquer, to subjugate, and to steal as much land and as many people as possible. And that kind of cultural reality, God spoke to the kings of Israel and Judah through people that we call prophets, who are particular people with a particular role to play to speak the hard truth about what is actually happening in the world around us. Prophets served as advisors to kings and spokespersons for God. Essentially, they held leadership accountable to their calling to rule with justice and equity. One of those prophets is a man named Jeremiah who has been referred to throughout our tradition as the weeping prophet. The Book of Lamentations is attributed to him, although he probably wasn't the actual author. But he was serving as a prophet to King Zedekiah, who was the last king to rule in Jerusalem. During his reign and Jeremiah's tenure, the great and terrible empire of Babylon invaded and destroyed their sacred city, tore the home of God, the temple, apart, killed the king's own family, and forcibly removed the Hebrew people from their sacred home, which had been built up over the previous 400 
some odd years. Everything this chosen lineage of God had, been bu had built their lives around was stripped away from them. They watched first their northern kingdom, their siblings, fall to Assyria. And then after that fall, they watched Babylon march through destroying Assyria, destroying Judea, and coming to the steps of Jerusalem. And with the violence of another conquest on their doorstep, the king called the people to war. And the prophet called the people to accept exile. So you have to wonder, I think, why? Why would it be preferable for the remnants of Abraham's lineage to abandon the space that had been promised to him? Jeremiah, through his grief, sees the destruction of Jerusalem as a fitting response to the injustice and faithlessness of Jerusalem's leaders, which is harsh to say now. But he, like the prophets before him, saw the people with power misusing their power to form political alliances that prioritized the wealth, status, privilege, and power of the few over the fellow descendants of Abraham. Israel was supposed to be different from the world, where all people could thrive as equal citizens in God's holy kingdom. However, the kings who grew to power within Israel did not have that same vision. So God, after generations of attempts to work through the kings in Jerusalem, finally let the unjust kingdom be torn down. So that God's vision of a peaceful, gracious, abundant kingdom could be recast from the remnant. You see, God is consistent. God consistently calls people to faithfulness. God consistently calls people to live just lives, honest lives, simple lives, sharing the abundance of space with their neighbors so that all people can learn to thrive together. And Jerusalem was meant to be different so that it could bless the world by offering a new way of using space, sharing abundance in common, but instead, Instead of serving as a beacon for this kind of hope, this trajectory of grace and love, it became a reflection of the world around it. And it needed to be replaced. So God allows Babylon to destroy the city, tear down the temple, and send the people out into exile. And then what are the people told to do in exile? to live as small Jerusalems in the world. It's not a survival tactic for these residents of Jerusalem to assimilate into Babylon, and they're not asked to assimilate into Babylon. They're told to pick up their lives and live faithfully, which is a radical request from a prophet. They're not meant to fade into Babylon and become a part of Babylon. They're meant to live peaceably, sharing with their new neighbors, living kindly, making a life that benefits the city that they're a part of. Do you see the people living in exile are called to be a beacon of hope in this new space so that when God calls the people back to Jerusalem to start over rebuilding the city, they have already established habits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, so that when these people, these faithful remnants, build Jerusalem again, they build it through God's vision of justice, 
grace and compassion. The vision God has for us does not change in, un in different circumstances. God's vision is for us to deepen our trust in times of triumph and in times of grief so that we remember our role to live counterintuitively in a world in a way that reminds the people around us that God created enough for us all to thrive without killing each other, without stealing resources from one another, without hurting, suppressing, violating, or neglecting one another. God's consistent vision, since Abraham stood beside God, looking up at the stars and out across the sea of sand and the desert, God's consistent vision is that a chosen people, a faithful people, a set-apart people would learn to trust in the abundance of God enough that they might transform the rest of the world through their example of love, generosity, grace, and justice. That vision continues today in our church. As people of faith, we are called for this time of deep division, deep hurt, deep hatred, deep mistrust to show our neighbors how to live differently. We're called to walk the path of nonviolence towards a true peace when all of the evils of this world have been eliminated and a space of genuine, gracious, abundant peace is known in every corner of our community. It does not stop until everywhere. God's vision has not changed in the thousands of years that our ancestors have written about it. God is continuing to call us to work against injustice by living differently in the world. God is continuing to call us to live as beacons on a hill who live counterintuitive lives, trusting God and showing a new path of love in a world that is consistently shrouded in anger, fear, resentment, and outright hatred. For the people living there, when Jerusalem fell, the world seemed to end. For the people who called Jerusalem home and the temple, the home of God, it would have been so easy for people to lose hope, to give up, and I'm sure many did. But God didn't give up. Through Jeremiah, God simply reminded the people of this eternal promise and covenant. I know the plans I have in mind for you, says the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster. To give you a future filled with hope when you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all of your heart you will find me, says the Lord. I will be present for you. I will end your captivity. You see, God is consistent through the best circumstances and the worst of them. We simply need to come, to pray, to search, to trust, and to learn to live as reflections of God's grace more than we live as reflections of our nation's chaos. That's our work, and it is work that can only be done together. So I hope that you will join me in it. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, 
you can visit us at ndumc.org.